What's up, everyone? Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. Joining me on the other side to talk about a great game day seven out in Germany is David Hein. Dave, it was the week of upsets. What did you think about this week in the BCL? Yeah, last week we had the week of the road wins, and this week we get the week of the upsets. Uh, great stuff. Uh, really, both days had had some really fantastic matchups, and like you said, some really big upsets. So yeah, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it was a really exciting week. And it was also the last week of the first half of the regular season. So seven games are down, seven more are coming up. But first, we're taking a quick two-week break for the FIBA World Cup qualifying windows. That'll happen uh, over the next two weeks. So the BCL teams will get a break. Some of the players will go play for their national teams. uh, And then action will resume on the 12th of December in the BCL. We'll have a little preview coming up for you at the end of this episode uh, to get you guys ready for the World Cup qualifiers, talk about some of the BCL players who will be performing. Before we do that, we'll talk about Game Day 7, break down some of the best games, introduce a new segment in the middle of the show here called Overtime, and then we've also got an interview with Vince Hunter from Ike Athens. Dave had a chance to catch up with him. He's been one of the best players in the BCL this season, so stay tuned for that. Also, make sure you check out championsleague.basketball. That's the official website. There's some really good stuff on the website right now. Igor Jerkovich's help side column was a really fun one this week. Uh, it's called Back to School Midterm Report Card, where he uh, gave out grades for all of the teams, compared them to some students uh, who you might recognize from your days in school. So that was a really fun one. Also, Deacon Lloyd-Smith had a great article about Kevin Punter's incredible trash-talking ability, uh, yakety-yak, don't talk back to Kevin Punter. So go check that one out. And also an interview with Igor Milicic, the head coach of Anvil, who have been one of the surprises. Uh, Dave, what did you, th- what did you think about Igor's midterm report card article. Igor is fantastic, and he obviously runs the live blog as well. And you know, just the the the, the creativity that flows from his from his mind is pretty great. And and he can uh, he can do some some website work too um, with the the play buzz with the flip cards. It's a super cool idea. I like that a lot. So shout out to to Igor. Definitely check it out, and and really check out all the stuff. Um, you know, Deacon is great as well. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic website to, to really get a lot of different angles on everything that's going on in this, in this basketball champions league. For sure. Both of those guys would make the team of the week if I had a vote. Uh, The team of the week in terms of players, we've got Khalif Wyatt. He's back on the team of the week after another great performance for Halone. He had 28 points. He hit six of eight threes and he had seven assists in a big road win at Nanterre. Pietro Eridori from Virtus Bologna. He had 23 points, four of six three-pointers and four assists in a road win at Prometheus. Linos Chrysikopoulos, he's the MVP this week, 24 points, 6 of 7 from the three-point line, and 5 rebounds as Pauk upset previously undefeated Tenerife on the road. Then we've got Hassan Martin from Bayreuth, 19 points, 8 of 8 from the field, and 9 rebounds in a blowout win against Neptunus. And rounding out the team of the week, Augustine Rubit from Bomberg. He's had an incredible season and another great game this week. 22 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists as Bomberg won on the road at Nimburg. Dave, uh, looking at the team of the week, let's let's look at who didn't make it. Uh, I know you've got somebody over there in mind who you thought should have been on the team this week. Yeah, you know, I was a little surprised. Really, I, you can't really 
complain about any of those guys, you know, really being in there. They had great performances. Um, I, I think Brian Cavalli probably could have had a pretty good argument, maybe over Aradori. You know, Cavalli was fantastic, sixteen and twelve, uh, and really dominated that that game and uh, in the low post for for Bologna. Do you got anybody else? Yeah, shout out to University of Montana Grizzly Brian Cavalli making the team of the week. My my fellow Grizzly representing over there. I thought I thought Rehards Lomas should have made it from Vinspiel's. Uh, 25 points for him as Vinspiel's upset Avellino. Uh, I, I thought he was fantastic. Hit some really big shots in the fourth quarter to, to really bury Avellino. So I thought he, he could have made the team. But like you said, tough to argue with any of those selections. Uh, Khalif Wyatt was, was fantastic again. Chris Akopoulos, uh, some, some dagger shots on the road against Tenerife. So he's got to get in there as well. So, you know, tough, tough break for Lomas, uh, but a solid, solid performance out of him. So those are some of the best individual performances of the week. Let's jump in uh, with the group-by-group breakdowns and talk about some of the best games and the best team performances from Game Day 7. Crawford. Got to be careful that they advance this over the half court in the eight seconds. They do. Nice pass, and in he comes. Throws it down one-handed. Karim Jalla. Starting it off with Group A, let's take a quick look at the standings. In first place, we've got Ukam Murcia at 6-1. Behind them, Avellino 5-2 and, and Banvit 4-3. and three. Then we've got a three-way tie between Nizhny, Anvil, and Vinspiels all at 3-4. and four. And then Le Mans 2-5. And, and in last place, MHP Rees and Ludwigsburg, they've won back-to-back games to improve to 2-5 and five as well. Looking at the results from this group, it was a really, uh, really interesting week in Group A. Morcia with a 63-62 win on the road at Banvit. We're going to talk about that game a little bit more in the overtime segment coming up later in the podcast. Banvit had a chance to win that game on the buzzer, but Alex Perez couldn't quite connect with his corner three. Then Anvil, they beat Le Mans 76-64. Three straight losses for Le Mans after starting 2-2. Two and two. Vinspiels, like I said, beat Avellino on the road. And then we've got Ludwigsburg, another road win uh, as they took down Nizhny, 76-64. to We're going to try to speed up the group-by-group breakdowns a little bit. We're just going to talk about one game a little more in depth. For this week, it's Nizhny losing at home against Ludwigsburg. Dave, what were some of your uh, main takeaways from this game? First of all, this this was a really a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, it was tight throughout. Six points was the biggest lead. Um, a couple of personnel moves, uh, not moves, but just notes. Um, Vladimir Dragosevich came back. You saw he had a his uh, left pinky was wrapped up. Um, so I, I assume that was probably why he was out uh, for a couple of weeks. So it was important for him to come back. Uh, Jordan Crawford was extended until the end of the season. He had been on a on a on a on a tryout uh, deal until then, and also Ludwigsburg have gotten rid of Trevor and Bakwe. So 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 that that out of the way, you know this was you know this was a really fun uh, showdown between Kendrick Perry and uh, and Crawford. I, I think at the end, you know, Claus, Owen Clausen, I think who also maybe has a little bit you know more of a you know assurance, you know, now that Mbakwe and the, and the questions about him, he's gone now. I think maybe. 
uh, kind of give him a little bit more freedom, know that he's going to have a, have definitely have that major role. You know, he was big in the, in the paint. And I think I, at the end of the game, you know, me as a guy who covers a lot of youth basketball is exciting to see, uh, uh, Karim Jallo really come up big at the end. You know, he had, had four offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter, but then also had, you know, a big offensive rebound in the final minute and also a big dunk that basically to decide the game. And uh, and also grabbed the the steal after Nizhny had 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 missed uh, free throws. Uh, you know Perry was great. Dragsevich, you know, you saw that he was you know still trying to get back into game form. You know he'd been out a couple of weeks, but again, you know this was just an exciting game. You know, Ludwigsburg really only turned the ball over ten times, and that kind of decided it, along with Nizhny only hitting uh, ten of eighteen free throws. Uh, so so really a fun one to go back and forth. Uh, and just one more note, um, you know, they had an 18 year old, uh, Kareen Manga come on, uh, for de- defensive offensive, uh, uh, replacement with, uh, with Sabakis at the end. An 18 year old coming in, you know, John Patrick really having faith in, in this young athletic, uh, youngster. So, uh, a fun game. And, uh, and, you know, Ludwigsburg, you know, everybody thought, okay, well, you know, they could definitely challenge for quarterfinals. And then they went 0 and 5 and lost 10, 10 games total um but you know now they're two and five and and i think more than any other team that is at two and five right now they're probably a team a two and five team that nobody wants to play so them being that far down in the standings really throws a wrench in what's going on in group a yeah, Ludwigsburg surging two close wins. Uh, you know, th- th- I think that's going to be great for their confidence after that 0-5 start and then also struggling in the BBL. But to to beat Murcia, who were undefeated by one point, uh, with Lamont Jones had that clutch steal and layup, and then to get a road win at Nizhny, that's going to be great for their confidence, and they're a team that has a lot of talent. So I agree with you. Very dangerous in Group A. Um, Ilya Popov, like that's a, a, a tough situation for Nizhny where in the fourth quarter, they were down by two points. He got sent to the free throw line, missed them both. And then Kareem Yalo had like essentially the dagger dunk in the final minute, uh, like you mentioned there. So a tough break for Nizhny, not able to convert at the free throw line because, you know, th- th- this was a chance for them. They could have tied the game. You play solid defense. Maybe you go back and get a win. Or if it goes to overtime, you're on your home floor. So you got to feel good about that. So tough break for Nizhny. Looking elsewhere in this group, we do have to make one quick note before we move on. Uh, Dave Avellino, they lost at home to Vinchpiels and they were ice cold in the fourth quarter. Uh, what what happened with Avellino there? Yeah, that's really the only other thing in this in this group that I wanted to 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 kind of point out. You know, Avellino. You know, they scored just seven points in the in the fourth quarter. Two of fifteen from the field. 0 of seven from three point and turned the ball over six of their 12 times in the final, in the final period. Uh, you know, they still don't have Costello, uh, and, uh, you know, Norris Cole, you know, he's had better games uh, as well was four of 16 for the game with four turnovers. So, you know, big, big road win by, by, by Ventspils. For sure. Matt Costello, on November 5th, it was announced that he would be out for about one month with a sprained ankle. So hopefully, hopefully he'll be back when the BCL returns after this World Cup qualifying break, because Avellino really missing him on both sides of the ball right now. Penetrates. Rizikopoulos, the man of the moment, drives in, puts it up, puts it in. Another one. Of course it had to be him. Who else could it be? He has been utterly sensational tonight. 
McFadden has it. Shot clock down. Game clock down to seven. McFadden drives in. Has the ball knocked away. Bayron puts up a prayer. It's short. And Pauk have won another close game. Moving on to Group B, previously unbeaten Tenerife dropped their first game of the season, but they're still in first place at 6-1. and one. Then we've got Venezia and Halone at 5-2. and two. Pauk are 4-3, then Nanterre and Bonn 3-4, and 7th and 8th and place Fribourg and Opava both 1-6. Looking at the results of this group, Venezia with a 10-point overtime win on the road against Fribourg 96-86. Bond completely destroyed Opava, 114-77. And then Halone got a win on the road, beating Nanterre, 82-70, behind Khalif Wyatt's Team of the Week performance. But the game of the group, unquestionably, was Tenerife hosting Pauk. Tenerife 6-0 coming into this game, but Pauk were on fire. They had won three straight entering this game. And Pauk, the Greek club, pull off the upset 66-65 to on the road behind an MVP performance from Linos Chrysikopoulos. Dave, what did you think about the 2017 BCL champions, Tenerife, dropping their first game of the season? First, you have to talk about um, uh, Chris Akopoulos, uh, you know, was started off the game with the threes and then, you know, just kept going fourth quarter and then the huge basket late. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, another one exciting where you, you really can go back and, and watch the whole game just to kind of get a feel for it. And, uh, you know, one of the things and I kind of go into this maybe a little bit more later, but but, you know, the the first quarter uh you know, Jeff Taylor pointed out, you know, on the on on the broadcast, they they only Tenerife was zero of two from two point range and and three of twelve from three point range in the first quarter. Um, so they only took two shots inside the three point line, and and for the game, they had twenty three shots from inside the arc and thirty six. Uh, so living a little bit dangerously, they actually have taken more three pointers and two pointers this season, 206 to 214. Um, you know, Pauk just really were tough inside and, 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 and just really never, never let, uh, you know, Tenerife, you know, get into their, into their thing. You know, they, they ended up, Tenerife ended up with 19 assists, which, you know, looks like a lot. Um, you know, I, I think that's probably, uh, probably about where, their averages, but you didn't have a feeling like they really were able to move the ball a lot. Um, they definitely didn't get the ball inside. So, you know, uh, Pauk, you know, you, we, they started 0-3. They're, four, they're, you know, four wins in a row now. And, you know, going to Tenerife, you know, we, we talked with uh, Javi Byron about about going there. And uh, to go there and get that victory, you know, this definitely, you know, it's not the, 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 the meanest of groups, if it will, if you will, you know, it would, you know, nothing to say bad about, you know, Freeboard and, and, and Opova, but, you know, to go there and, and get that victory, you know, it, this, uh, you know, Paul can definitely make some noise now. They're, they're in the fourth spot. And, and in my eyes, I think they have a pretty good chance now of getting, uh, uh, maybe into the, uh, into the, into the playoff section. Yeah, absolutely. A big win for Pauk. Uh, Chrissy Kapolis was the star, obviously. 24 points, 9 of 11 from the field, 6 of 7 from the three-point line. Uh, but some big contributions elsewhere. Yannick Moreira had a really solid game. Antonis Coniaris hit some big threes. Uh, so, and, and just a great defensive effort. 
like you said, they kind of took Tenerife out of their rhythm offensively. Tenerife really made a lot of uncharacteristic turnovers. They had 14 turnovers for the game, and a lot of them were just bad passes into traffic, or the ball was slipping through their hands, or they were passing it to guys who had a foot on the sideline, so it was out of bounds. Just an uncharacteristically sloppy game from Tenerife, which is usually, you know, that offense is usually a fine-tuned machine. So uh, kind of a weird game from them. I'm wondering if, you know, maybe maybe it was a situation where, uh, you know, they they just didn't sleep well the night before or something like that. Who knows? Uh, but Pauk definitely looked like the more hungry team in this one. And then they played great defense uh, on the final possession. So the last 20 seconds or so of the game, Chris Ecopolis hits a two-pointer to give Pauk a one-point lead. And then on the final possession, in the huddle, the Pauk coach was telling them to go red on McFadden. Red was the term he used. Uh, and he said, be aggressive. And then what ended up happening, so McFadden came out for Tenerife. They gave him a couple ball screens, and it turned out red meant switch everything. They Pauk threw like three or four different defenders at him, uh, switched everything. When McFadden tried to drive, they swarmed him with three guys, uh, knocked the ball out of his hands, and Tenerife weren't able to get a very good look on that final possession. So great game plan from Pauk coming in and great defensive effort to get the big win on the road at Tenerife. Uh, looking elsewhere in this group, Dave, did you have any other any other notes of interest? Uh, the Venezia game, you know, they... Really, they, they, they just kind of, you know, just be able, able to do just enough, uh, uh, with, with, with Freeborg and then just kind of took over in overtime, five of six on threes in overtime, zero fast break points for Venetia in the game. Uh, a note on Bond, uh, Charles Jackson, their center, who's been at times fantastic, has a little bit of foul trouble in general. Uh, but he'll be out probably. Months more than weeks is what the report is there with an injury. So they probably will be looking for a big man that might be coming uh, soon. Um, and, you know, the Halone game, you know, Halone is, is, you know, they're five and two. And, you know, they had the two, they had the two overtime shootout with, with, um, uh, with, uh, with Venezia to, to, uh, you know, early in the season. And then they lost to Tenerife, which obviously we know is not, is, you know, is not, you know, too much to, you know, complain about why it was out. And, uh, you know, so, you know, this is a team that it, it really, they could be six and one, seven and seven and oh. Um, and then, you know, Julian Gamble last, last week, MVP. And this week he, you know, he goes, uh, just two points, uh, three rebounds, two turnovers, uh, you know, had a, had a bad game. So yeah, a couple of notes there from, from other games. Yeah, agreed with you on Halone. They look really dangerous. Uh, just the ability to put up so many points with Wyatt and Corey Walden and Atkins. Atkins was great. And then they didn't even have Daquan Jones in this game. So a, a big win for Halone, uh, who looked like one of the more dangerous teams in Group B. He's going to go baseline. I turn over again, right in the face of Jeremy Laloupe. Amari Stoudemire is on fire. Moving on to Group C, we've got two teams at the top that are both 6-1. and one. That's Hapoel Jerusalem in first place and Ike Athens, the defending champions, in second. Then in third, we've got Bomberg at 4-3. and three. Lead Cabellis, Fuenlabrada, and Antwerp are all 3-4. and four. Seventh place, Nimburg is 2-5. and five. And then last place, Dijon, 1-6. and six. 
Looking at the results from this week, Bomberg picked up a road win at Nimberg, 84-78, behind a great performance from Augustine Rubit. Jerusalem beat Dijon at home, 86-72, and Lid Cabellis also got a win at home, giving Fuenlabrada their fourth straight loss after a 3-0 start for Fuenlabrada. They won that one, 78-67. But the game of the week in this group that we're going to talk about a little more in depth is the defending champions, Ike Athens, they lost their first game of the season, Dave, but now they've won six straight after a road win at Antwerp. Uh, what did you think about Ike and our guest this week, Vince Hunter? We we go we we talked about it a little bit in the uh, in the interview. Uh, playing with fire is how I mention it. Um, you know, Antwerp. Uh, Ike has been has been uh, needing big fourth quarters often from Vince Hunter uh, to to save the day uh, at the end of games, and you know. Early in the third, it was an 11 point deficit, and Ike finally grabbed the lead for good with about five minutes left. Um, uh, Dion Lulis, uh, Lauren, Lauren huge game, uh, eight with, uh, 16 points, uh, two big fourth quarter threes. You know, Vince Hunter, Vince Hunter did Vince Hunter things, uh, with 17 and, uh, just a, a big, you just tell that, that, that a little <clears throat> bit deeper with, uh, 35 points to 16 points off the bench. And, uh, you know, they did, they, uh, Ike did a pretty decent job on Paris Lee with, um, you know, holding him to, to 12 points, but four of 11 on, on, on the, uh, from the field. And, uh, they also did a good job on Ismail Baku, who's had, who's had, you know, some, some really great games this, this season was, uh, just, uh, six points, three of 10 from the field with eight, eight rebounds. So, you know, just a, a really strong performance from Ike. In the second half, or in the th- you know in the in the final fifteen minutes, as we're kind of getting used to, so um, yeah, just I, I, it's it's still because they keep losing game, but because because they keep falling behind these games, they're you know they that's that's they're still not one hundred percent in my heart, but you know uh, I love watching Vince Hunter, so it's 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 it is a fun team to watch. Yeah, another great game out of Hunter. Antwerp, I think uh, I think you saw their youth a little bit in this game. We've talked before about how they're the youngest team in the competition. Nobody on the team is older than 27 years old, and I, I think that's kind of uh, what came through in the second half, where they were they were great in the first half, took a 10 point lead in a halftime, uh, but then they were outscored 23 to 11 in the third, and then 20 to 15 in the fourth, uh, as they just weren't able to get the same looks offensively. They were committing more turnovers and just, you know, no real veteran presence on that team to kind of calm everybody down. Um, and, and this is also a tough matchup for them. You know, Baco, like you said, he's been phenomenal this season, but going up against Hunter and, uh, and that Ike front line, that's a, that's a tough, uh, tough task for a young guy. He ended up only going three of 10 from the field. So tough loss. Uh, for Antwerp, but you know, there's no shame in losing to the defending champions, and I'm pretty encouraged about this Antwerp team overall. Uh, looking at the rest of the group, Dave, did you have any other notes uh, from some of these other games? Um, you know, Jerusalem. You look at that result, and you're thinking, okay, it was a pretty easy victory, uh, but you know, it was it was a fourth quarter, big fourth quarter run, just kind of spurred by 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 just a just a, a, a brain freeze, I guess. Uh, you know, Gavin Ware. Where he, you know, elbows Tamir Blatt on the on the break after a after a steal, 
you know, it was a four point game with four and a half minutes left. And then after the, the, it was a technical and an unsportsmanlike. So after the free throws and then the ensuing possession, it was a nine point game and that was decided. So it would have been interesting to see what would have happened, you know, if Dijon, who were playing without Holston again, uh, what, uh, what they were able to do. Um, Bomberg, you know, I think, I think uh, Igor Jerkovic is one of his favorite stats is, uh, continued. 12 of their 15 games this season have been decided by single digits. Another one, uh, going against Nimbrook. Uh, you know, I, I think Augustine Rubit, uh, has a chance if he continues to play like this to be on the all, uh, on the all-star, f- uh, five of the season. Um, you know, uh, another great game. 22.6 rebounds, five steals in that fourth quarter. He had seven points, two assists, three steals, uh, the big free throws and the big steal, both in the final 20 seconds. Uh, so, and, and then just one quick note on, on Lee Cabellis. You know, they get the victory over Fuen Labrada, who's now lost four in a row. Um, but just seven points combined from Mike Morrison and, um, and Jamar Wilson. So a big win from, from them without uh, two of their big American guys playing that big of a role. And Taylor has it two defenders on him. Taylor throws it up. What a pass and what a finish by and by what an alley-oop. That was awesome to finish the game. Highlight reel right at the end of the game. And the last group, Group D, is headlined by the only undefeated team remaining in the competition, that's 7-0 Virtus Bologna. They beat Prometheus, who are now 5-2 and and in second place. In third place, we've got Strasbourg at 4-3. and Then Bayreuth, Besiktas, and Neptunus are all 3-4. and And at the bottom of the group, Ostend in two and, at 2-5 and, and Petrol Olympia in last place at 1-6. and six. The results from this week, Bayreuth blew out Neptunus 102-78 to to get their third straight win after an 0-4 start, kind of doing a uh, reverse Fuen Labrada. Then Ostend with a big upset on the road at Strasbourg, winning that one 64-61. And Besiktas took care of business at home, beating Petrol Olympia 94-84. But the game of the week, unquestionably in this group, and we said it was going to be the game of the week entering this week as 5-1 Prometheus hosted 6-0 Bologna. Bologna came out with a 95-85 victory, but I think it was closer than that final scoreline indicates. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the Black Empire staying undefeated on the road? This was this was the game of the week, uh, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a... I think both of these teams are really good. Prometheus, they brought in Jake Odom as a, as a, as an additional guard that gives them a lot more dynamics. Um, offensively can do a lot of things. Uh, we didn't, we weren't able to see exactly what he can do, obviously, since he's, since he's new, uh, in the team. So we'll, we'll see more what he can do over the course of the next, uh, you know, over the second half of the, of the regular season. This was just a really, fun game to watch two really good teams going at it. Uh, it, Prometheus didn't have Leonidas uh, Kasalakis there. They're sort of undersized big and, you know, Brian Crowley really was able to take advantage of that throughout the whole game. Um, You know, Vin, um, Kevin Punter, he only had one point in the first 18 minutes and then really took over. That's at the end of the second, uh, the end of the second quarter. And then kind of, you know, kept going man when he gets hot it's just you know you he he is he's 
he's one of the the players that you know you don't definitely do not want to have in uh, against you. That was a fun you know matchup between him and and Brown. You know, Rian Brown was really held in check. You know, they did a really good job stopping him. A little bit unfortunate for 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 Geekus at the end. Uh, a couple of kind of questionable decisions. You know, a three pointer really really quick. Um, on the break even, and then a really tough layup attempt. You know, I just think that they could have maybe tried to find something else. And then, and then, uh, the turnover, uh, with about a minute and a half left and the game was pretty much decided. Then you mentioned it, you know, you look at the, the score and you think, oh, it was a, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty comfortable victory, but it was anything but that. Um, so just an impressive performance and man, this Bologna team is fantastic. You look at that, the, the weapons that they have, and the scoring weapons, this is, this is not a team that can be, that can go scoreless for three minutes, you know, that, 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 you know, with, with Taylor, with Punter, with, with Aradori, you know, Kuali, there's so many ways, uh, and Bay, all these, all these weapons, nobody's going to hold these guys scoreless for three, four minutes to, to basically get a big break, break, and then, and then, you know, get the victory. So, Fantastic showing, uh, but you know, Prometheus, you know, definitely have to be, you know, I think in general pleased with with how you played against uh, against a really good Bologna team. Yeah, I think I think this was an encouraging loss, if anything, uh, for Prometheus. You know, Rion Brown, you mentioned it; he was really held in check. A disappointing game from him overall. Nine points, four of twelve from the field. Wasn't really able to get going. Uh, he did have a nice alley oop dunk right before the halftime buzzer, and then he hit a three pointer to start the third quarter. And I was like, okay, maybe he's going to get going now, but just wasn't able uh, to get his outside shot going. And like you said, just so many weapons, like an, an embarrassment of riches on this team. They scored twenty. 27 points in the first quarter and Kevin Punter didn't even play. And then like, that's got to be so discouraging for a team like to give up 27 and then Punter comes off the bench with that villainous goatee and and you got to deal with him now. Like that's, that's just got to be so tough as an opposing team. Uh, he finished with 13. Tony Taylor had 12. Eridori caught fire. He had 23. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the guys inside. Brian Qualley and Dehan Kravich both had great games. Qualley with 16 points, 12 rebounds. Kravich with 12 points and five rebounds in only 12 and a half minutes. Great offensive rebounds on the on the break and stuff like that. Just Kravich is is, is definitely winning a place in my heart quickly as well. Yeah, just a, a cool player. He had a nice uh, kind of like little jump hook in the lane and then, uh, yeah, finished in transition. He's around the rim for offensive rebounds. Like this is just such a well-rounded team with those two big guys inside and, and they're different in styles a little bit. You know, Kravich is a little bit longer, more of a shot blocking threat and an alley-oop threat, whereas Qualley's a little more of a below the rim guy, but he's a strong guy, very skilled. Uh, so with those two guys inside and then just a ridiculous amount of weapons on the perimeter, I think this Bologna team has got to be considered the title favorites at this point because, like you said, nobody's going to be able to hold them scoreless for extended stretches. And then they've got that great home court advantage uh, when they're in Bologna where the crowd there is just absolutely insane. So, you know, a, a Bologna team that looks like the best team from Italy and the Italian teams are, are killing it right now. You know, Avellino lost this week, but Avellino's five and two, Venezia's five and two, and both of them look very dangerous. But somehow Bologna, even, you know, they, they look like the best team 
coming out of that country. So a huge win uh, for Bologna on the road in a tough environment, a, a playoff type environment, I would say, in Prometheus. So a big win for them. Looking elsewhere in this group, Dave, uh, did you have any notes on the other games? Uh, if, if you're looking for a sort of a uh, yeah power forward matchup, uh, Hassan Martin and Jerai uh, Grant was was fun in the Bayreuth Neptunas game. Um, you know, Martin made the all tournament, uh, uh, the the team of the week. Uh, Grant another strong performance, twenty one points, two rebounds, two blocks. Uh, also uh, did want to mention that um, the Olympia did make a coach, coaching change, brought in uh, Sasha Nikitovic. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting to to see. You know, that's a really young team, and to see kind of see what he, you know, what he's able to, what he's willing to let the the youngsters do. And it's a steal. The inbounds play goes completely wrong for Venezia. And we're going into overtime. All right, you heard the commentator. It's time for overtime, a new segment that we're introducing to the podcast where we're going to jump through a few, uh, a few questions from around the league. Starting it off, we've got the underrated performance of the week. Dave, who did you get for this one? You know, I have, I have Sebastian's size. I, I think that... Um, you know, this is a guy who's just getting better and better now as he's getting more comfortable. Um, he had 15.7 rebounds. He had 15 points, 10 rebounds last week in 23 minutes. The week before he had 10 and 10 in 17 minutes. The minutes are going up and the production is, is going up uh, accordingly. Also two steals, two blocks. You know, this is a guy that, that, you know, he's, he's at his first big team. You know, last year he was, he was at Burgos. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that, that I actually followed through the, through the youth national teams, went to the States, uh, and just, you know, just bulked, bulked up, uh, as, you know, went to university at the, uh, in Southern, uh, at, 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 at Ole Miss, Mississippi, um, and then, and then came back, played for Burgos last year, and just a fantastic signing by Tenerifa. And, and, you know, this is a guy that, uh, with my, with my over with my uh, overreaction, which would come later, might uh, counter that. But this is this is you know, watch out for him. He's he's going to make a team of the week uh, this season without a doubt. Yeah, size the lone bright spot I would say for Tenerife in that game. For my under underrated performance of the week, I was actually going to stay in that same game. Linos Chrysikopoulos got the headlines uh, with his twenty four points and his MVP performance. But Pauk don't win that game if Yannick Morera doesn't have a really solid performance as well. Twelve points, nine rebounds, and a lot of clutch buckets in the fourth quarter. Um, it's funny. I've, I think everyone has always kind of made the note that he looks a little bit like Kevin Durant with his body body type and also his face looks pretty similar to Durant and he really looked like Durant in this game hit some fadeaways some nice runners some mid-range jumpers uh, we know he can throw down some hammer dunks but if this guy's hitting shots from the mid-range as well he's really dangerous so he was overshadowed by Chrissy Kopoulos but Morera great game uh, in that upset win at Tenerife moving on next topic we've got the surprise of the week Dave who did you get for this one um, you mentioned upset. I'm going to say this was the upset of the season so far. And, and it's Ostend knocking off Strasburg in Strasburg. Um, just, you know, take it all in. Strasburg was 17 and two at home in the BCL history. Um, and Ostend had lost three games at home this season. 
though they were seven and one in in, in, in Belgium. Uh, but just an absolute nightmare performance by by Strasbourg. Uh, a terrible game for us is what Cole came up with uh, in the press conference afterwards. Coach Gerja from 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 Ostend said he thinks that Strasbourg is the best team in the group. And again, to remind you, there's Patras, Prometheus Patras, and Bologna in this group. And the Ostend coach believes that Strasbourg uh, is the best team in the group. They, you know, Strasbourg, they just had a nightmare performance. And for, for me, without a doubt, the, the upset of the season, uh, you know, this is a team that I have, have, have had, you know, no problem, um, you know, speaking highly about Strasbourg. I think they're, I think they're fantastic. I wonder maybe Ali Torreira, his shoulder, what that's like. Um, with, uh, with Yustaf Afal, I, there's, there's times I think he could, you know, he, he's unbelievably effective and is a super weapon at times though. I, I, I think he's just a big guy who, 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 who really clogs things maybe. Um, and, and, and you're not going to get games like that from, from, from Mike Green very often, zero points, uh, 0 for seven from the field. He did have uh, seven assists. Uh, and and Jarrell Eddy is still getting used to the game here in Europe. You know, two of eleven just for five points. So my upset of the season so far. I know there's been some other uh, surprising performances uh, uh, thus far, but if you take everything into account, uh, Ostend beating uh, Strasbourg on the road. Uh, that's my upset of the season. What do you got for the for the surprise of the week? Yeah, my surprise of the week is Bayroy blowing out Neptunus 102 to 78. I don't necessarily think it's a surprise that Bayroy won this game uh, because, you know, they were playing really well. Uh, Neptunus is, you know, a good team, not a great team, but they've been really solid. But I was surprised that Bayroy just dominated throughout. They had a 14 point lead at halftime. They led by about 20 points for almost the entire second half. Uh, great games out of Hassan Martin, who made the team of the week. Adonis Thomas also had a case for team of the week, 21 points, uh, six of six on twos, three of five from the three point line, also had five rebounds and three assists. So that was my surprise of the week, uh, with Bayreuth, just a, you know, top to bottom, incredibly impressive win out of them. And like I said, they started 0-4. Now they've won three straight games. They've moved into fourth place in that group, and they're looking really dangerous. Uh, so I would not want to be, uh, you know, playing that Bayreuth team with a playoff spot on the line as the weeks progress. Moving on to the next topic, stat of the week. Dave, what did you have for this one? My my stat of the week, first time in BCL history, a team has never hit a free throw in a game. Uh, Le Mans, 0 of 3 from the from the free throw line. Uh, <laughs> you just don't see that at all anyhow. Um, so 0 of 3, I, I, I think Palk was 3 of 6 um, from the free throw line, but they're no Le Mans, 0 of 3 from the free throw line. First time in history that a team has, has not hit a free throw in a game. Yeah, and probably no coincidence that Le Mans ended up losing that one, and it was their third straight loss after a 2-2 two and two start. My stat of the week, I'm staying in Germany. Telecom Baskets Bonn scored 114 points against Opava. That's the most by any team in a BCL game this season and tied for the most in BCL history. Nimburg also scored 
104 back in the 2016-17 season. And then last season, Neptunus put up 114. Uh, so, you know, that doesn't happen very often and they didn't need overtime to do it either. Absolute blowout as they took down Opavo 114 to 77. Next topic, overreaction Friday. Dave, uh, you've got a pretty hot take over there. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say this. You know, we've 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 fallen in love with with Tenerifa, and uh, you know, one there's just watching this game against Pauk, a team that's going to punch you in the face. Um, you know, and I mentioned that they, I'm not going to say scared, but they didn't put the ball inside, and I think there was only one player who had more than five shots inside the inside the three point. Um, inside the three point line. Um, but you know, this is a team that, that also, you know, they were winning games by 20 points per, per game, an average, uh, uh, winning margin of 20 points. The only game that was close, uh, was the Venice game, which was a seven point victory. You know, this is a team that, you know, shoots from the outside. But to be honest, you, you, you look at, you know, there's a couple, there are a lot of guys back from the 2017 team. But you know, you look at that seventeen team, and there was Gregonis, there was Kirkse, there was Dornicamp, there was De- Davin White. Um, you look at last year's Ike team. You we you know we we know about Vince Hunter. There was uh, there was Punter there. There was Green there. Other than McFadden, who really hasn't done a lot yet, I don't know who the go-to guy. I don't know who the dog is who's going to decide a game at the end. And we saw that McFadden, you know, wasn't able to do anything because they, you know, they had nobody else who really had to be guarded. And, and in my opinion, if they don't bring in somebody else who can attack the basket and definitely get scores, um, you know, we, we mentioned all the scores that Bologna has. If this team stays as it is right now, I don't see Tenerife, I don't even see Tenerife going to the final four. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty hot take for a team that started 6-0, and has championship experience, but you don't think they're going to make it to the Final Four this season. Um, I hear you. Uh, they It does seem like they maybe lack a little bit of toughness, a little bit of nastiness. Um, yeah, you look at that Bologna team uh, with Punter, like that that guy is a straight-up dog, and, and I, I hear you on that end, uh, but I don't think I can go that far. I, I think this Tenerife team with the the passing and the shooting ability that they have, I think that helps make up for the lack of a go-to score a little bit. Um, and I also just think that last possession with McFadden was just a, a poorly drawn up and poorly executed situation. I think, you know, they could have done something where they're getting it to Saiz inside because he'd been awesome. They could have hit it, uh, Abramitis. Um, you know, they could have, uh, look to one of the shooters, but instead McFadden just kind of froze. Uh, but I mean, maybe to your, maybe that's, uh, you know, to your point there. So Tenerife not making the final four is Dave's overreaction Friday. The last, last topic for overtime, the big question, which team that's currently in the top four of their group won't make the playoffs? I'll start this one off. I'm looking at Group C and Lit Cabellis sitting there in fourth place at three and four. They just beat Fuen Labrada. Uh, good win. And, you know, this one isn't so much about them as it is about how I feel about one of the teams below them. And that's Telenet Giants, Antwerp, who are also at three and four, but they're technically in sixth place in the group. 
I really like this Antwerp team. I think they're going to find a way to uh, to get some wins in the second half of the season and fight their way into the playoffs. I love Paris Lee, Jay Shante, Victor Sanders has been really good. We mentioned Ishmael Baco having a great season. And these guys are young. They're hungry. I think they're going to learn from some of their late game mistakes like that loss against Ike this week where they gave up a 10-point lead in the second half. I think they're going to learn from that and really come out swinging in the second half of the season. So I like Antwerp jumping into the top four of Group C. Uh, Dave, any any rebuttals for that one? In in theory, that's really my my pick as well. But I, I do want to I, I do want to uh, poke the bear um, uh, with my pick, and I'm you know it's 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 Banvit. Um, we mentioned Ludwigsburg throwing a wrench in all this. And, you know, Ludwigsburg, you know, they're going to start winning some games without a doubt. And, you know, we, 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 we've talked about, uh, you know, Anvil, if they can, if they can, you know, find their, the game that they've always been able to play, if they can keep going. Um, but Banvit, four and three, they're four and one at home. Um, they have five road games, uh, over the rest of the, of the season. And, uh, you know, they're 0 2 on the road. They lost at Ventspils and then lost a shootout with, with Avellino. And, and I really, you know, we've, we talked about, you know, Jordan Morgan talking about how, how great those fans are, uh, in, in, in Bandirma. And, you know, the first game back from the, from the trip, uh, from the, from the national team break is at Ludwigsburg. And Ludwigsburg is going to need that victory if they want to get into that into one of those spots. I think Nizhny is going to stay in there, but I think that that Bandit is going to te- be the team that they'll go out. You know, okay, Le Mans they should be able to beat, um, but then you know they still have a game with Nizhny uh, in 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 um, they still have a game in 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 Nizhny, and uh, they also. You know they still have the 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 one of the home games that they have is against Avellino, which obviously we've talked about uh, is a, is a is a strong team, uh, and Anvil and and uh, and Mercy are their two final home game uh, road games. So I think this is going to be a really really tough fight for Bambit. You know they look decent right there at four and three, but you know just two games behind is Ludwigsburg, and we know from this from the class that Ludwigsburg has, they're finding themselves more and more. So. Yeah, I mean, I know Turkish fans aren't going to be happy. Bandit fans aren't going to be happy that I say that that Bandit won't make it. But there's a lot there. One one thing though that, and this is my last point. That one thing that is definitely in their advantage is that they have big, big victories. You look at the win over Ludwigsburg was by 13 points. The win by Bandit was nine points. The win by uh, the win over Nizhny was by 18 points. So. You know, we see this all the time in international basketball club and and national team. If you get victories and and could get a big victory by a big margin, that's like a double victory. So that is their saving grace. But they're going to have to go on a road and and really pick up their game that, from what they they showed in the first half of the season. Yeah, tough schedule for Bonvit, but uh, I I disagree. I think they're going to be fine. I think you know the uh, like you said, the point differential could be a huge factor. They have the second best point differential in the group right now at plus fifty six. 
Um, I like the McKenzie Moore signing. I think he adds, you know, another dimension to their team where he's a triple double threat, a guard with some size and some versatility. Um, I do think they need to add some shooting. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe during this World Cup window, you see them go out and sign a shooter because they're not a three point shooting team right now. And I could see that potentially being their downfall. But I like Jordan Morgan inside. I'll take him in just about any matchup in this group against some of the big guys. Um, you know, if, if they, if they, if Costello is out when they play Avellino again, I could really see him taking advantage there. Uh, I, Alex Perez, he missed the game winning shot this week, but that guy's a straight up baller. And then those two home games that they do have, the fans are really going to get up for those. So I, I think Banvit's going to be okay. But for sure, tough schedule in the final seven games with only two of those at home. Uh, real quick, which team of those bottom four do you think would be most likely to jump into the top there? Is, is it Ludwigsburg? I think it's Ludwigsburg. You know, they, they, you know, that, that's just so random. You know, losing ten games in a row over the over the competitions, uh, and they were you know they were losing all these big leads, and uh, you know these last two victories, getting them you know uh, one of them at home, uh, you know by a point, and then by two points, you know so they're, they're now they're able to to close off games. Um, their player, their personnel, you know situation is 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 you know starting to look a little bit clearer, um, so that's going to give those guys more comfort and. Yeah, we know that this team can play play good basketball, and they're only going to get better. You know, like we said at the very beginning, the first uh, the first show of the season uh, of the season. You know, this is a totally rebuilt team, and uh, you know they've also had a couple of injuries. You know, and so now you know uh, Malcolm Hill went down, and so now there's there's guys going to be you know picking up games. Uh, Martin uh, was 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 sent to the bench. Uh, missed a couple of games. Now he's back with renewed, with renewed uh, uh, motivation. And everything else. So yeah, I I see Ludwigsburg getting in there. I, like I said, I think Nizhny stay in there. Um, again, in in reality, my pick is is Antwerp, uh, who I really like as well. Going instead of uh, Lee Cabellis. But if we wanted to go and kind of poke the bear, if you will, I can see why Bandit doesn't get in. All right, you heard it here first. Dave is picking a team that has won two games by a combined three points to make the playoffs. Turkish Turkish fans, direct your hate comments to at Hind News on Twitter. Banvit, uh, we'll, we'll see how they do. That's a that's an interesting schedule. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see if they're able to hang on to that playoff spot. That'll do it for overtime this week. Coming up next, we got Dave's interview with Vince Hunter, who I think is probably my pick for MVP through the first half of the season. Defending champions Ike Athens are 6-1. and one. Hunter has been a huge part of that. So let's hear what he has to say. Gets back, but can't stop. This Hunter. And here's Hunter! You don't want to get too close to a player like that. You might catch a, a size 12 in the face. Uh, on the show this week, we have uh, Vince Hunter from Ike Athens. Uh, Vince, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, no problem, man. Anytime. Uh, you guys uh, have started this season uh, six and one with just one loss um, in the uh, basketball champions league. Maybe just talk about uh, what makes this team so good. Uh, you know, our team is very special because we, you know, we try to have a main focus on the defensive end. Um, 
you know, on the offensive end, we just try to, you know, run our stuff and run through it. But on the defensive end, we we really like tuned in and we're and we're locked in right now. We're playing really good on the defensive end, I believe. Uh, this this last game, you guys were were down by ten at halftime and were able to win. Uh, you guys have you guys have been struggling uh, over over large chunks of games and and kind of been saving it late. Uh, also, a lot you know you having to step up big in the fourth quarter seems seems kind of seems kind of like you guys are playing with fire a little bit. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, we just you know like it was, it's, it's early in the season, so we're just trying to figure out some stuff. We're still working on our offensive end, like I said, but once we lock in on the offense and defense, and I feel like we're unstoppable, we're unbeatable. Uh, you had a coaching change, obviously, from last season. We'll get to the we'll get to the championship, of course. Um, but we had a coaching change, and maybe just talk about the the vibe of the team, how it's different, and maybe the style, sort of how you guys feel different from last year. Uh, it's it's a little bit different, you know. We, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot different because you know we we didn't get too many of our players, uh, our, our foreign players back. You know, we pretty much got a whole new team other than the Greek players. So, you know, it's a, other than me coming back also. So, you know, it's a bit different. And, you know, Coach Luca has been, been coaching us and, you know, he brought his system over here and, you know, it seems to be working for us right now. And, you know, we just believe in him right now and just got to keep it moving, keep it rolling, going on to the, the second round. You you kind of started this season a little bit slow uh, over the first three games and since then have really – just played pretty fantastic basketball. Uh, maybe what changed between the third and fourth game for you? Just getting in the, the rhythm and the and the, the season rhythm. Like you know, I, I started off pretty uh, shaky. You know, my conditioning wasn't all the way there. So you know, once I got got my legs under me and got my conditioning, you know, I feel, I'm I'm feeling pretty good, and our team you know, are playing pretty good. Last season, you joined Ike in in January and then helped the club to the BCL uh, title. How do you look back on last season and 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 winning what was probably for you you have the first title you won, right? Yeah, first title ever. So, how do you look back so, on last uh, season and just experience? Like you know, I've been through it, so you know, I just know a little bit more about the the Europe style of play and you know what it takes to to win a Greek cup and to win BCL champions. So, uh, you know, just the experience and trying to bring that to the team. In the, the final last year, you started it with a, with a dunk to start the, the game and ended up with 10 points, four rebounds, three blocks. What was it like winning the first major title? Uh, and then also in front of the, 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 the great fans there in Athens. Uh, it was a, it was a great experience. Like, you know, one of the biggest fans I ever been through, it was a great time for me. And, you know, I just wanted to play hard. You know, I felt like in the final four of the game before, I didn't play too good. I was in foul trouble. And I felt like, you know, I was a disappointment to the team. So, you know, in the, the championship, you know, I just wanted to bring my A game and be locked in and, you know, have a, give my team a good chance to win. And it was just a great experience for me, like one of my all-time favorites right now. Greek basketball is well known for its enthusiastic fans. Let's put it that way. You've you've played for Panathinaikos, and now this is your second season with Ike. Uh, what's it like for you as a player being on the court with those fans out there, maybe both at home and then also oh, on on the road? Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're like so passionate, and I just love seeing our fans like on the road. That just gives me extra motivation to play. 
play well. And, you know, they're real passionate, and I'm passionate about the game. So I, I really love that about them, and I love vibing with them. Uh, you're from Detroit. Uh, we, we know a lot about the game in places like New York, Chicago, Philly, L.A., Seattle. How would you rate the game in Detroit? Uh, I believe we're, we're the toughest players coming out of Detroit. Like, you know, we're definitely gritty and grimy, and you know we're going to do what it takes to to win basketball games. And that's what I like, you know, being from Detroit and growing up in Detroit. Like, it's just a big part of me, and it has a big part to do with my toughness. Uh, when you were a senior in high school, uh, you played with then freshman Josh Jackson. Jackson now, obviously, yeah, yeah. with the uh, Phoenix Sun. I, I saw an interview that season. He kind of called you a, a big brother. Uh, what do you remember most about playing with with him? Oh, he's just a, he's a great kid. Like you know, he's real passionate about the game. He, you know, he loves to win, hate to lose. You know, he works hard, man. And yeah, he's like a little brother to me, and still is a little brother to me. And you know. Just, just a good kid. Just a good kid. Um, speaking of uh, little brother, in 2016-17, you were in, in Saratov in, in, in uh, Russia. Your uh, older brother, Matt, was win, in Reykjavik in Iceland for a couple of months. Were you able to get up there at all and visit him? And, and what, did, no, what, did he tell you, what did he tell you about Iceland? Uh, that it, it's, it's tough over, it's <laughs> tough where it's cold. And, you know, it's my first time playing in Russia. And you know, I'm pretty much used to the cold, but not not Russia. So he's just telling me, like, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's real cold. You know, out out there in Iceland, and it's going to be cold in Russia. And, you know, just he didn't talk too much about it, but, you know, just trying to get through the season and play and have a good season and all that. How, how and when did basketball find you? And maybe who were some of your role models basketball growing up? Uh, Definitely my, my older brother. Like, you know, that's just – been my key thing like I grew up watching him play and that that's been my, my main role model, you know, since day one. So it's it's really my big brother who got me into really wanting to play basketball. Uh you're you're well known for your big dunks in, in these BCL games. Uh did you have any any sort of favorite dunkers growing up watching the game? Uh dunkers? Yeah. Uh of course like Vince Carter, like, you know, he's he's probably like Top five in, in my categories, like all time dunk. You know, Kobe Bryant. I love love how he used to, you know, play and, and dunk and, and everything. And you know, I'm probably like my my top two right now that I can think of. And uh, now, now you're dunking for Ike. Um, in the off season, you you decided to stay on for another year. Uh, maybe what was your biggest reason for staying with the club? Uh, I just felt com- comfortable with the organization, comfortable with the country. You know, just everything was just falling in place and you know this is just my third year i felt like this this could be a breakout year for me which it has so far and it's really all because of my my com- my me being so comfortable with the team and comfortable with the, the city and everything and the fans and that played a big part with me um before we get to this season's goal maybe for the team we're wondering if you maybe watched uh former ike teammates Kevin Punter and Mike Green go at it last week in uh, in the Bologna Strasbourg game, and and if you did, what you thought about yeah. that? Yeah, I definitely uh, watched that game. You know, I've been keeping up with KP and, and Mike throughout the season, <laughs> and you know they're doing great right now. So for them to go at it, you know, it, it, it was big for me to watch that. And you know, Kevin and Mike, they was going at it the whole game. You know, Kevin ended up finishing with which what he did last year a lot for us. 
and just big time. Yeah, he did punter things at the end of that game, didn't he? <laughs> Yes, definitely, definitely. Nothing that we haven't seen before. So exactly. Uh, it was big time for him. Speaking of former teammates, um, last March uh, you faced off against former UTEP teammate Mackenzie Moore uh, when he was at Lavrio. Um, he flirted with a triple-double, 23, 13, and 8 assists, but you got the W. Uh, how much are you watching Banvit now that uh, Mackenzie's over there? Uh, yeah, me and Mackenzie talk. Mackenzie Moore talk a lot. So, you know, because he just – he just went to Bamford from uh, Sarat to Russia, my old team. Right, exactly. So, you know, we, we we talked a lot, and, you know, I was happy that he made it to Bamford, and he's playing the Champions League, and he's playing well. So, you know, I, I, I caught up with him, and that's big time with him. He he likes it a lot. He's comfortable, so that, that's good. Uh, we talked about uh, Punter and Green. Those were a couple of the leaders from last year's team that left. Uh, but there's still a bit of a core there, um, plus some really strong new additions. Uh, obviously, goal would probably be get back to the Final Four. What do you think this team has to do to get it done? Uh, just stay consistent. On stay consistent with our defense, which you have been, and be more consistent on offensive end. And you know we're gonna we're gonna learn that for sure. Like you know we're playing pretty good right now, and you know our offense coming together. So down the line, I think we're gonna become a great team and be able to make it back. Uh, the basketball champions league has a two week break now with the national team windows. Uh, maybe just wondering what, what your thoughts are about this break and, and how you and the team want to want to want to use it. Uh, oh, I, I love it. You know, we, we all need a break. I mean, we, you know, we need a break for our bodies because it's a little beat up right now, but you know, I'm not, I'm not taking too much time off. Like I, I want to get back in the gym. Like I, I want to, you know, come back off the break, like better than, better than, uh, you know, going into season. So, you know, it's, I'm going to take this break because me working out, getting in the weight room, getting in the gym, and, you know, coming back, you know, I don't have a national team to play for. So, you know, me in the gym is going to be what it is for me. Uh, last question. I know we're we're way out ahead of ourselves, but what would it be like to, to raise uh, another trophy uh, again with this club in, in, uh, in May? Uh, it, it would definitely be uh, that would be my my first favorite moment because you know I have a little bit bigger part uh, in this season than last year, and uh, you know it definitely mean a lot to me, and I would love to do that. All right, Vince. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I uh, appreciate talking to you. All right. Thanks again to Vince Hunter from Ike Athens for joining us on the show this week. Uh, Dave, he talked a little bit uh, about, you know, Ike playing with fire a little bit, as you phrased it there. Um, what, did you, what did you think about what Hunter had to say? Yeah, I, I mean, this is a team that, that is still trying. You know, there was a lot of changes, so they're still trying to uh, to get back into, you know, a, a, a championship contender mode if you will you know you also had uh Sakota and and Cavadas out uh, Sakota's come back since then Cavadas is still injured so um you know it's a team that you know it, it makes sense to go reliant on defense first and then to go um and then just have you know strong weapons you know Hunter's been fantastic uh I, I think a you know if he continues to play the way he has I think as you know you mentioned that he's uh you know maybe the the favorite to you know one of the favorites to win the MVP I think that three game start might might take a little bit away from from that but he's just been amazing the last four games so um but yeah it's just you know a, a fantastic a fantastic uh, guy and 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 you know 
talking to you about uh you know um uh, about this this team and Vince Vince Hunter it was funny he he mentioned Vince Carter as his as sort of his favorite dunker because every now and again I'll throw in Vince Carter instead of Vince Hunter so uh, but yeah just a fantastic uh player to watch and uh and really makes them a a great team yeah he's looking more and more comfortable as he gets some more european experience and he's he's going to be a big time player in Europe for a while. Uh, it's not just his dunking ability. You know, he's, he's made some nice moves around the rim. He's a guy who hustles hard on both ends of the court. So it's cool to see him succeeding. And he's got that Ike team looking pretty dangerous and more in championship form uh, as the season is progressing. Moving on, we don't have a round eight preview for you just yet because we've got the World Cup qualifying window coming up where the BCL is going to take a two-week break. Teams are going to go play for their national che- national teams and try to qualify for the 2019 FIBA World Cup that's happening in China next August and September. Dave, looking at these games from a BCL fan perspective, uh, which games are you going to be watching next Thursday and Friday? I, I think probably the biggest game uh, of the entire um, next game day is uh, in Group L. You have uh, two teams that have both qualified for the World Cup already, and that's Greece and Germany. We're both undefeated, eight and zero. And um, you know, you have the 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 better the standings, the 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 better the 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 seeding uh, for the draw. And uh, lots of uh, BCL players in this game. Uh, you you look at Greece, and there's eight players from Ike Pauk and 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 Prometheus Patras. And then from the German standpoint, uh, there's uh, Benzing, Bastian Dorat, Andy Seifert, both from. From uh, from Bayreuth as well as Karim Jallo, um, that's probably the biggest game. Uh, you also look at uh, uh, most a uh, very very important game over in Group I is Turkey against Spain. Um, Turkey have have uh, Tolga Gishim from Banvit, and then there's three guys from from Tenerife: Sebastian Size, uh, Sam Miguel, and Byron for, from Tenerife, as well as Mark Garcia. Uh, there's a big game over in, in Group J with uh, Italy taking on already qualified Lithuania. Uh, Italy definitely would get, would be well served to, to get that victory to, uh, to really tr- try to solidify second place. Uh, Italy have Aradori, Filoy, and then also the two Venice guys, uh, Tonod and Beliga. Whereas uh, the Lithuanians have uh, Mashulis has come back to the team. Neptunes is a youngster. Um, uh, Mashulis is uh, close to maybe, maybe making his debut. There's also Kabulka and Yukovicius. Uh, in Group K, uh, the Czechs and Czechs are already qualified and, and they play at home against France. Two seven and one teams. So it's a big uh, game to decide uh, to go uh, pretty far and to decide who's going to be in first place. And there's six guys from, from Nimburg. Um, and then there's uh, uh, one guy from Opova. And obviously the French coach is uh, Vincent Collet from Strasbourg, and he has uh, Lahore Canote from from Nanterre. And then uh, another group, another important game in in Group L, which is the Germany Greece group, um, Israel. If they do want to get a, uh, have a chance to make the World Cup, they really need to win at home against Serbia. Three and five plays five and three. Uh, Israel obviously coached by Hapol coach. Uh, Cottage and he's got uh, Tamir Blatt and Bartimor from from his team as well as TJ Klein from Halon and Serbia have brought on um, Stefan Lol- uh, Yelovac and uh, as well as 
uh, Stefan Bersovich, who Bersovich played for Banvit, uh, beginning of the year. And also pretty cool that, that Dejan Kravic, uh, made the team. We've talked about him plenty of times here from Bologna. So plenty of games to watch, uh, your BCL, your favorite BCL player. So, uh, and, and all those games are going to be on live basketball TV. Uh, so it should be fun, uh, exciting, uh, national team. Uh, break. Yeah, for sure. Be sure to check those games out on livebasketball.tv. I'm really excited for that Israel-Serbia game. Uh, like you said, Israel fighting for a spot to qualify. They really need a win in this one. It's going to be at home in Tel Aviv. I'm really excited to see Tamir Black go up against some of these fantastic Serbian guards. And then it's awesome that Dejan Kravic made the team. Like we, we mentioned in the podcast, you know, he's been great for Bologna this season. So it's cool to see him kind of get the nod, uh, and, and go play for his national team for a dangerous Serbian team. So that'll do it for this week's podcast. Dave and I will be joining you throughout the FIBA World Cup qualifying window. We'll have a podcast each of the next two weeks, uh, bringing on some great guests from behind the scenes in the BCL. So make sure you check those out. We'll also break down a couple of the World Cup games that have BCL implications like Israel, Serbia, Turkey, Spain, Germany, Greece, etc. So make sure you check those out. Thanks again to our guest this week, Vince Hunter from Ike Athens. For Dave Hein out in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. Coast.